sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So you've just had your baby. Congratulations. And whether you are a first-time mom or this is your second or third time around, what happens during months two through six after your baby is born can make an impact on your breastfeeding relationship. What are some common challenges that breastfeeding mothers face during months two to six postpartum? And what can a mom do to maximize her breastfeeding success? Today, we are featuring the fifth episode in our series, The New Breastfeeding Mom Manual. Our episode today focuses on breastfeeding during months two through six, and I'm thrilled to welcome back Ashley Treadwell to the show. Ashley is a private practice, international board certified lactation consultant in San Diego, California, and this is The Boob Group. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Check out our Facebook page to join our conversations, ask questions of our experts, and offer judgment-free tips to other breastfeeding mamas. And I'd like to introduce Sunny really quickly to talk about some announcements uh, for The Boob Group. Hey, everyone. So we have some really exciting things that are going to be happening with the Boob Group in the coming months. You know, when we started this Boob Group, which, believe it or not, was a couple years ago now. I can't believe it's been that long. I've always said, you know, we want to meet moms where they're at. So wherever moms are getting their information, um, specifically about breastfeeding, we want to be that for them. And so um, we've had a lot of people reach out to us and want to be part of our conversations, but they don't live in San Diego. So as you guys know, we started our virtual panelist program, and uh, we're kind of um, extending that program a little bit, interacting and creating more opportunities for you guys to be involved in the show, Um, but maybe not so much in the format that you're used to. So um, the Boob Group is expanding. We are doing some different things and enhancing the way we communicate with our listeners. And so um, if you guys want more information on that, um, I suggest that you subscribe to our newsletter for the Boob Group. You can go to our website and subscribe and get all the latest updates on what we're up to. So um, look for all that stuff coming up here in the next few months. Awesome. Thanks, Sunny. Yeah. Well, we have three lovely panelists in the studio. Uh, Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? We'll start with Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I am 27. I'm a homemaker and I have two kids, both still breastfeeding. My son is three 
and my daughter is five months. Awesome. How about you, Lara? Um, my name is Lara. I'm 24. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've got one kid, a little boy, and he is six months old. Almost seven. Oh my goodness. And Kiera. I'm Kiera. I'm 26. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have a six-month-old baby girl. Awesome. Well, thanks, ladies. Welcome to the show. Uh, MJ, you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the virtual panelist program? Yes, I do. I'm MJ. I am a stay-at-home mom to Jason, who's going to be three um, very soon. And our virtual panelist program is really for anyone who is not able to make it into the studio. So a lot of you are not local to San Diego. A lot of you are not even in our country. But it's a way for you to join the conversation because we're posting the same questions that we're asking our in-studio panelists. So it's a way for you to share your experience, uh, your tips, your opinions. And a lot of moms are reading other moms' comments and questions and answering them and and helping each other out. So it's a really cool extension of our show um, because we're helping you guys and you guys are helping each other. Um, we may even read your comment while we record, and just for participating, you are in, entered to win a one-month subscription to the Boob Group Club. So check out theboobgroup.com under the Community tab for more information on the VP program. All right. Thanks, MJ. You're welcome. <coughs> Sounds familiar? <coughs> if your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So before we get started with our interview with Ashley, um, we wanted to talk about a headline that's been uh, a, a breastfeeding photo that's kind of gone viral uh, in the past couple weeks. And so this breastfeeding photo was of beautiful Carlisha Thurman, who brought her three-month-old daughter to her commencement at Long Beach State University. And uh, a picture was snapped. She took a picture and posted it on a Facebook page of her breastfeeding her daughter in her cap and gown with the most beautiful smile on her face. And of course, course as most things would happen with Facebook you have um, a bunch of real supportive moms and or a bunch of sort of por- supportive people and then a whole bunch of very non-supportive very judgmental people uh, talking about this breastfeeding photo so we just want to open up to our panelists and our expert just to kind of share what they thought um, when they saw the photo so uh, Stephanie you want to go first I just thought she looked so happy it, it's not a big deal to me at all and I'm so proud of her for taking her baby with her there and including her little lady in in that exciting moment of her life and it's sad that people look at it in such a negative view. 
Absolutely. I mean, she graduated with a baby. Like, <laughs> gosh, I, mean, I can't imagine. A three-month-old. A three-month-old, and she graduated. Like, oh, my gosh, that is a huge feat. So yeah. I, that's what was coming across my mind when I was seeing that. Like, oh, my gosh, what an amazing woman. I um, can barely take a shower, like, <laughs> a couple oh, of days. first three months, too. They're I the know. worst. I know. I know. Lara, what did you think when you saw that? Um, well, I think it's an amazing photo just because, like you said, she did graduate and I'm in school now and not doing so good. (laughs) It's like he's a little computer monster. So I was just proud of her for actually being able to graduate while breastfeeding. And I just think it's really special that she took her daughter and actually got a photo to show later on down the year. Be like, hey, you were at my graduation. And I just think it's a really special moment for her and that baby. Absolutely. How about you, Kiara? I couldn't figure out how to graduate before I had a baby. <laughs> she is amazing. And the picture is beautiful. It's pure happiness. I don't know how anyone could have a bad thing to say about it. Good for her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How about you, Ash? I am just a huge fan of any picture that normalizes breastfeeding. Um, any yeah. sort of event that somebody's at to show that your baby's going to get hungry no matter what you're doing, yeah. whether you're graduating from college, whether you're sitting in a park, whether you're having dinner at a restaurant, if your baby's hungry, it's time to feed. So anytime there's something normalizing breastfeeding, I'm a big fan. Absolutely. Well, I hope she gets more more pro comments like we have just because we think she rocks. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So today on The Boob Group, we're discussing breastfeeding your baby between the age of two months to six months. So our expert, Ashley Treadwell, is an international board certified lactation consultant with the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. So thank you for joining us, Ashley, and welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Sure. So Ashley, I always love to start off these new breastfeeding mom manuals, just talking about normal what normal breastfeeding looks like for a baby during this time frame. So how often are babies feeding during between two months and six months of age? So the normal range um, in this stage is it's pretty big. Um, it can look very differently depending on the baby. There are some babies who are kind of snackers and are still going to want to feed every couple hours, while other babies may be getting better at taking more in during feedings, and so they may, you know, stretch them out so they're not feeding as often. Um, there may be babies that have, if you're lucky, started sleeping longer at night, and so they may, when they used to be eating in the night, they may want to make up for that during the day, so they may sleep more Um or they may feed more then because of that. I think the most important thing is to understand that if your baby is still having plenty of wet and dirty diapers, um, if baby is gaining weight appropriately, appropriately, then whatever schedule your baby's on is working just fine. Absolutely. So ladies, how, how often is your baby feeding at this time and um, has his or her schedule become more predictable at this age? Uh, Kira, how about you? I don't count during the day how often she eats. She will snack periodically. She is a sleeper, though. So during the night, she'll go down about 8.30. She'll wake up for a snack about 5, back to bed until 7, 7.30. Um, 
During the day, it could be all over the place, though. She might want a snack once every hour. She lately has been so distracted. She wants to eat, and three hours go by, and then she wants to eat again. So okay. we're all over the place. Cool. How about you, Stephanie? I'm very similar all over the place. She has her older brother to keep track of, so I think he's great at distracting her, and she'll go much longer than he did at this time without nursing. It's kind of a relief. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but, you know, they're always changing. For a while, she barely woke up at night to nurse, and lately she's been going to sleep later and nursing more frequently, probably because she's so busy during the day. She has to catch up. Absolutely. How about you, Laura? Um, During the day, he's kind of predictable because his naps are pretty set, so he usually wakes up. Well, now it's been around 8 o'clock in the morning. And then he'll nurse two hours later, pass out for a couple hours, wake up and eat, and then he has another one at two. So that's a little predictable. Um, finally started past sleeping past an hour and a half, two hours at night. So it's nice. been nice. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But he still wakes up a lot to nurse. And now he's not so much nursing when he wakes up. It's just give me the boob. I don't know, like attachment kind of thing. <laughs> not as long all right um Ashley how much weight is a baby supposed to gain during this period and is it normal for it to start slowing down so somewhere between two and six months it is normal for their weight gain to slow down and I think it's important for moms to remember this because when they've been watching the scale and seeing those numbers jump up when suddenly they start to slow down a lot of moms get nervous um so once a baby reaches their birth weight usually around two weeks we expect them to gain anywhere from a half ounce to an ounce a day which works out to about four to seven ounces a week um around four months we see that um cut back a little bit and then the baby may be gaining anywhere from four to five ounces a week and then again at six months it drops even more significantly, and then it's only two to four ounces a week. So I think it's important for moms to understand this, that if they do see that weight gain start to slow, that it's a normal part of breastfeeding. And so we don't end up with 30-pound one-year-olds. You wouldn't want your baby, you wouldn't want your baby to, to gain weight the way they do in the first two months, three months, forever. It would break your back. Yes. <laughs> All right, so everyone's pretty much mentioned distractibility. So um, is it common for babies to be more distracted during this time period? And what does this distractibility seem to, how does, when does it settle in and how can a mom keep her baby focused while breastfeeding? Sure, this is a huge thing. Um, It's somewhere between three and four months that suddenly a baby learns that there is a world that exists outside of the breasts. And so everything is more interesting than mom's breast. The dog, the television, um, if they're at a support group, the baby that's sitting next to them, sometimes just mom is more interesting. They'll look up and play and want to mess with her face and her hair. Um, and it's it's super normal. And again, I think I, I, I talk to a lot of moms in my support groups that it's a concern for moms because suddenly you're worried that the baby isn't feeding as often and how can they be getting enough. Um, some of those babies will start waking more at night. Um, as one of the panelists mentioned, to start feeding more at night because they're, they may be missing some feedings during the day. Um, things that a mom can do to sort of lessen the distractibility during the day. One is to um, remove the distractions. Um, find a quiet sort of dark space that you can feed the baby. Um, nursing in a carrier is a great way. Um, babies are, are much less distracted when they're um, held close to mom like that. And I think, again, it's it's important to understand that it's normal. Moms worry about their supply, that if, well, if the baby isn't eating so much during the day, is my supply going to drop? Um, if we remember that, that your supply is driven by baby. So sure, baby may not be feeding so much for a couple of days. Your supply may drop a bit, but then when baby starts feeding again, your supply is going to pick back up. So it's a very natural give and take, and your baby's going to drive that process. 
And definitely as long as you're kind of open access too. Right. So that makes it, they can, that really can help drive their. Absolutely. And, and it may turn into, you know, a situation where the baby may just be feeding for a few minutes and then they're distracted to do something else and then they may come back and feed a few minutes more. So it's not where, you know, it used to be a 20, 30 minute breastfeeding session, you know, six times a day. Now it's five to 10 minute breastfeeding sessions periodically throughout the day. Okay, cool. All right, ladies. So clearly you've noticed some distractibility. <laughs> so um, how did you keep your baby focused during this time? Um, Laura, how about you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the distractible baby. still figuring baby. it out, yeah. <laughs> um, no, lately when he gets really bad, um, he's like me and his dad. If he's hungry, he's a monster. So um, we'll go to a quiet room um and just let him nurse or I'll find a toy or sometimes I have a necklace that I'll put on and I'll let him play with that and it seems to help um carry feeding like she said we do put wear carriers a lot around the house so he'll eat and it's not so bad when his dad isn't home I guess I'm too boring for him but when his dad (laughs) is home he turns into the little monster he can be and then yeah, well, dad will leave the room, go to the garage or something, and that usually helps. Cool. How about you, Stephanie? Uh, yeah, she's distracted all the time. It seems like I have to remind her, hey, you're probably hungry, and that's why you're getting cranky right now. <laughs> so I'll even try to offer it to her, and she's just like, la, 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 <laughs> look at brother. Yeah. And <laughs> But I definitely do a lot of baby wearing at home all the time, and if we're out in public and she can't nurse, then... I just leave what I'm doing because it's important for her to eat. <laughs> so sometimes I do have to cut play date short. You know, that is a pressing matter to make sure she is taking in at least a little something to relax herself. Um, but yeah, shushing, bouncing, everything to try and get her to focus on mama instead of that picture up at the top of the wall. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Ooh, something shiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kira? My baby is distracted by a car driving by. If she hears it, whips that <laughs> head around. Um, I have to take her away from her dad to kind of nurse her because if her dad is near, she just wants to look at him and giggle and coo, and I love it, but I have to remind her, let's eat, let's get the job done. Constant, all day. Um, Nighttime, I had a vision of all of us cuddling in bed, falling asleep together. That doesn't work (laughs) because she wants to roll and look at everything and hang out with her dad. But it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, um, this is often a time when mom goes back to work as well. So what tips do you have for a mom uh, to keep up her milk supply when she does return to work? Sure. And that's a big concern um, for moms. A lot of the moms that I work with, um, one of their biggest concerns is when they return to work, how they're going to keep up their supply. Um, And one of the first things I think is important for moms is to do some pre-research, talk to their HR department. First, mom needs to know what her rights are as far as breastfeeding. She needs to feel confident to know that it is her right as a breastfeeding and working mom um, that she is able to pump milk for her baby when she's at work. Um, They are required to give her um, reasonable time, which is a somewhat subjective term that baby isn't so definable, but a reasonable time and a private space. And so I think if moms know that that's their right, then they may feel a little bit more confident in talking to their HR people. Um, ahead of time to know where the spaces are for them to pump, um, you know, and then look at some logistics. How far do, how far away is it from your desk? Um, what equipment will you need? Do you have some place to store the milk? 
Um, the other thing would be to think about if, if there are things in place in work that may be barriers to her feeling like she's going to be able to comfortably express milk. Um, a lot of my moms, we talk a lot about culture um, and culture in their job and how, you know, certain cultures may affect things. There may be, you know, depending on the demographic of people that she works with and if there are parents there and not parents. And so sort of arming herself and knowing um, that these this is her right to pump this milk for her baby. Um, um, another thing that is a big deal is um, talking to caregivers. Um, I think one of can one of the things that can be the biggest sabotage to mom's supply is babies unintentionally being overfed um, by caregivers, and it's not it's not intentional, um, but it can sabotage mom's supply. Where if the baby was feeding at the breast, the baby wouldn't be taking so much. Um, caregivers may be overfeeding the baby. Um, they may not know how to bottle feed a breastfeed baby, a breastfed baby. Um, and so it's creating this unnatural demand on mom's supply, and she's never going to be able to keep up. Um, and that can be really challenging. So Nancy Moorbacker, um, who is a, a well-known IBCLC, has a great article that she's written that you can actually print out and give to your caregiver that talks about the best ways to, to bottle feed a breastfed baby to help mom maintain her supply. Um, they need to be com- pumping at least every two to three hours while they're at work. Um, one of the biggest tips I'll tell mom is that if they have a long commute to and from work, one time that they can pump is in the car. Um, you just get a cover and, you know, then you're saving yourself some time. All right. Sounds good. Um, MJ, we have some virtual panelists who want to share some info. Yeah. Um, just on the, the pumping. Dahlia, and I'm going to, we talk all the time on um, Facebook, but you'll Bari, I think it is. She is talking about pumping. She works 10 hours a day. She pumps a minimum five times a day, um, pumps while she drives to and from work, um, goes home at lunch uh, to feed her little one, and then they co-sleep. She's doing everything that she can to keep her supply up. And then um, Janelle Fonseca Hammett, she says, I work 7.30 to 4.30 and pump three times a day, uh, nine, noon, and three. The um, he gets the boob only when I'm home and occasional co-sleeping. Awesome. Can I add some things to yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Um, so some other things I think um, when mom is actually pumping at work, there are a lot of things that she can do to sort of help um, maximize her pumping output. Um, I'll tell moms to bring something that smells like baby, either a blanket um, or a, an item of clothing that smells like baby. Um, when I was actually nursing my second, I took a video of her showing hunger cue signs when she was starting to get hungry and kind of <laughs> moving her um, um, her hands towards her mouth and I would play that video and that would I would kind of get the letdown just watching the video of the baby um, sometimes um, listening to music if moms are self-conscious about the noise if they put the music on then they can't hear it and may, may help them feel a little bit more um, comfortable Cool. We also the San Diego Breastfeeding Center also has a YouTube channel with um, some several different videos that are very oxytocin releasing videos, um, like flash mobs because I'm obsessed with flash mobs. Um, <laughs> but uh, anything that makes me laugh that's not super offensive, I figure, is a good thing to watch while you're pumping. So. Some moms like the super offensive, but I don't want to make any assumptions. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, when we come back, we will be discussing nursing in public, sleep patterns, and introducing solid foods. So we'll be right back. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. 
to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back to the show. We are talking with Ashley Treadwell about breastfeeding a baby who is two to six months old. Uh, so, Ashley, many moms with babies this age talk about how difficult it is to cover up while breastfeeding in public now that their baby is more aware of his or her surroundings. Um, what tips do you have for nursing in public with a baby this age? Sure. And this is a time when many moms may have grown comfortable nursing their little six-week-old baby who was pretty still and quiet and would hang out at the breast. And now, as a lot of the moms have described, they have this baby who is birds and trees and airplanes <laughs> and you popping off and popping on. Um, a lot of this, I think, has to do with mom's comfort level. There are a lot of moms who are very comfortable. If the baby's going to pop on and pop off, they're fine with that. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I also think that if moms aren't comfortable, they shouldn't feel badly about that. So there are some things that mom can do to sort of help um, lessen or I guess increase her comfort, um, one of the things would be to breastfeed in a carrier. Um, oftentimes, moms breastfeeding in carriers, people don't even know that's what they're doing. Um, so that's a great option. Um, another thing is sort of cause and effect. Um, babies learn pretty quickly, so if the baby goes on, they pull off. First time baby pulls off, you put the shirt on, feeding's done. Baby turns back and says, well, where did it go? So you offer the breast again. Baby feeds for a minute or two, pulls off, you remove it. Babies learn pretty quickly, like, oh, if I keep doing this, then the boob's not going to be there anymore. So they're, they're, they'll quickly learn, and they may be better about getting the job done. Um, mom can wear um, maybe a nursing tank with a button-up shirt over it so that if the baby is popping on and off, then she's got something that she can just sort of pull over if she's feeling exposed. Okay, cool. Ladies, what tips do you have for nursing in public at this time? Kira. I am a big fan of nursing in the carrier. I can continue on with what it is I'm doing, have my hands free, my girl can eat. We're all happy. Awesome. <laughs> How about you, Stephanie? Uh, I think what's really helpful for a lot of mamas is, is to practice at home in front of a mirror um, because then they can actually see what they're doing and what other people see while they're breastfeeding and you can see where you show the most and maybe try and figure out some kind of clothing way to make it work out better. Um, but for me, I'm just breastfeed. Just do it when you can, whenever you can. I, I stopped being discreet a long time ago. <laughs> and, you know, it's sad that people still do even look in your carrier. I've had people approach me in public I'm like I'm wearing my kid just don't look in here but yeah. <laughs> people are nosy so um, I also think having that card that talks about the civil code you know that adds a little bit of confidence because you're like no I what I'm doing is okay you know don't look at me I've, I'm fine <laughs> just <laughs> go about your day Absolutely. And um, what Stephanie's mentioning is in, in San Diego, we have a little card that lists what um, breastfeeding and public rights women have. Um, but I know that there are lots of different places all over the web that you can find what your state law is. And even if you guys don't have a card, if you just print that out and keep it in your bag. And so that way, if anyone approaches you, you can actually show them, well, I'm actually within my rights. And so I'm sorry, it's an issue for you, but you can walk away. I'm, I'm within my rights here. So thanks for mentioning that, Stephanie. Um, how about you? Laura? I actually don't have any really good tips. I've never been shy about it. Um, <laughs> but I can say what's really helped me be able to nurse in public and not care is my husband. He's been really supportive about it. And, um, you know, he's 
told people, hey, she's nursing. That's her boob. That's my kid's head. Get over it. And that made me feel a lot more comfortable and secure in being able to feed my kid wherever, whenever. Awesome. Surrounding yourself by other breastfeeding moms yes, can be absolutely. huge, too, because <laughs> safety in numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Ashley, so Julie posted this question on Facebook. Is it normal for babies at six months old to still breastfeed at night? Yes. <laughs> Definitely is. Yes, yes, yes. Question we get from a lot of parents. Um, it is. Babies, um, you know, well past six months may need to wake up and feed. And, you know, I don't know if I should say this and you can cut it out if I don't, but I know a lot of parents will get information from their pediatrician saying that once a baby reaches a certain age, they should be able to go four hours, five hours, six hours. The thing is that pediatrician doesn't know that baby. Mm-hmm. Pediatrician doesn't know how much that baby's taking in during feedings. Um, baby's stomachs are still pretty small at this point, and so they may not be taking in a ton. If your baby's waking up at night and you put them on and they're gulping, that baby still needs to feed at night. That's not comfort feeding. Um, so there are situations where if a baby was waking up extremely frequently, I mean, every half hour, every hour, sometimes there could be something going on with the gut that maybe baby may not be comfortable. It could be a food sensitivity. Um, but a baby waking frequently to feed at six months is pretty normal. Um, there are some things that mom can do to sort of alleviate um, the sleep and the rest that she may be missing. Co-sleeping is a great um, a great way to do that. If you have baby in bed with you, the sideline position, baby latches on, you close your eyes, go back to sleep, then you may not notice the up and down, up and down. Um, we do have moms that aren't always comfortable with co-sleeping, and if that's an issue, that's fine. Um, we would recommend bringing the baby in bed sideline position and then set your phone alarm for 30 minutes so that if you do fall asleep you can wake up and then move the baby back into the bassinet but cool um ladies it sounds like you guys are well most of you are still breastfeeding in the night um and so if you are how frequently are you doing this laura how about you guys i don't know anymore because i don't really <laughs> I, well i've learned to put my clock away because i always felt like That's i was for you. really That's tired and dragging idea. yeah mm-hmm. so i feel like i get more sleep so i I don't know, I'm barely half awake when he nurses anymore, but lately when he's not going through a growth spurt, it's usually three or four times a night still. Okay. How about you, Stephanie? Uh, She is making things easy on me Um, (laughs) because she sometimes goes for a good six-hour stretch without needing to nurse, and I'm like, yes. (laughs) And my son wasn't like that. He was the kind that would nurse like every hour and a half or two. And giving me hickeys when he would latch on incorrectly. Wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) But this girl, she will only maybe nurse once in the, like, lately she's been nursing a little more. So she'll nurse once and then as, like, 5 o'clock approaches and they're waking up and the sun's shining, she's up a little, like, one more time and that's it. Okay. Sounds like that was the same situation with you, Kira, as well, right? Correct. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, MJ, we have a virtual panelist. Yeah. um, Julie Saunders says, uh, I never stopped breastfeeding during the night. Uh, Mine is seven months now, and at four months, it changed from one to three times a night to half a dozen. I don't even know. Um, At so many wake-ups, I was half asleep through most of it, so kind of like Laura. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a great idea. I mean, if you don't have to go to work the next day um, and you need an alarm, it's such a good idea to put the clock away. Well, you're not focusing then. That's the stress. We find ourselves looking, well, it was only an hour. It was only two hours. Yeah. Yeah. um, And I think um, she brought up a really good point, too, from the... um, the distractibility that if the baby is more distracted during the day and isn't taking feedings during the day then they're going to need to make up for it at night 
And this is the time of teething. This is the time, you know, babies may get a little cold. And so they may be waking up to nurse for different reasons. And Absolutely. so I think it's important for moms to get up and feed the babies even at this stage. Absolutely. So Ashley, what's the deal with sleep regression around four months? <laughs> why, why does this happen? So the four-month sleep regression, I know this is a big um, topic for a lot of moms. Um, and these are babies that may have been doing pretty well, and then four months, everything goes out the window. It's a huge developmental time for babies. Um, they're really becoming aware of their surroundings, and they're excited about it, and it causes a lot of um, wakefulness. Um, something else that happens right around four months is babies' sleep patterns start to change a little bit um, more, um, and they start to kind of go through sleep cycles the way that adults do. And as adults, you know, as we're coming out of sort of a deep sleep cycle into a lighter one, we can put ourselves back to sleep. But babies often can't do that, and so they may need a little help in getting back to sleep. Um, I think the most important thing is to remember that it's temporary um, and that it may not last forever um, and that you're not doomed. Yeah, my seven and almost nine-year-old definitely still sleep through the night. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and I was complaining this morning that they woke us up at seven because it's summertime. And I'm like, and someone very, very yes. friendly reminder reminded you that about the four thirty, four forty, the four thirty, four forty-five wake up with for her the two-year-old, day. and I, for the day, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I will no longer that complain about feel seven a little in the bit better to us. Six thirty is not so exactly. bad. Exactly, <laughs> um, Ashley. For those babies who are getting closer to the six-month age, how will parents know? that their babies are getting ready for solid foods. What are these signs of readiness? Sure. So we definitely recommend that parents um, wait to introduce solids until the baby is, and I think it's important until the baby is at least six months. Just because your baby hits that six-month mark doesn't mean that they're automatically ready. It may take them a little bit longer. What you should be paying attention more to are the physical signs that show that they're ready. Um, the first one is, is that the baby can sit up unassisted well, and that's a baby who doesn't need to be propped up, that can sit upright in you know, a high chair, doesn't topple over, Babies have lost their tongue reflex, um, tongue, tongue thrust reflex, so that when food is put in their mouth, their, their reflex isn't just to push it out. Um, also, when babies have developed their, it's called the pincher grasp, where if you have objects on a tray, they're able to, to reach down and pick up with their index and their thumb. They're able to pick up pieces. So once you start to see those signs, then that's an indication. Also, if baby is... Um, really interested in food if during meal times they're really paying attention to the food that you're eating and maybe that big brother is eating um, that's a good sign as well okay cool um, ladies have you started thinking about introducing solid foods yet and has your pediatrician talked to you about this um, how about you Kira we've been thinking about it our pediatrician told us to start around four months our baby is not sitting up <laughs> for too long on her own she's a little chunky and she'll topple on over after a minute or two um, we've done sweet potatoes, bananas a couple times. We're just not really ready to go full speed for it. All right. How about you, Stephanie? Um, she's actually showing a lot of signs of being ready at five months. She sits up great on her own. Uh, she can, it's ridiculous what she can grab off the ground. I'm <laughs> very impressed with her and she watches us like hawks, but I don't feel like she's ready yet. I'm not going to introduce it until it's about six months and well six months or a little later and let her take her time with it I'm I'm in no rush All I right. think second time moms are often in not as quite as much of a rush as first time moms because you know that it's really fun for like a week and yeah. then it's just yeah. a mess yeah exactly and it's a pain it's a lot yeah. of work it is yeah. a lot of, a lot work. of extra work like, just pop so second time bush. moms it's like oh yeah. we'll wait <laughs> how about you Laura um, he's actually sampling solids. We don't really do 
solids all the time, but he stole his first bite at four months. <laughs> I didn't realize he could reach the table. Um, but we've done mainly like applesauce. Now he's pretty much eating what I eat. I'll just mush it up and give him a little taste. Awesome. Yeah. But okay. he's doing all the signs. He showed them all about a month ago. So Cool. Um, Ashley, what is an appropriate amount to start off when introducing solids? So I think the most important thing is for moms to remember the, the phrase that um, food before one is just for fun. So up until the baby's a year old, food the food that we're giving them, it's practice. It's getting them used to being able to get um, their calories and nutrition from other foods. But um, breast milk should be the main source of their diet. So um, starting out, it's, you know, maybe one tablespoon one time a day. Um, as the baby grows older um, and gets better, they can start to introduce maybe um, a tablespoon, maybe a few times a day and some snacks here and there. Um, the other thing that, that a lot of research has shown, you know, recently over the last, I would say, five or ten years is that um, often moms were um, encouraged to start with a, a grain cereal, an oat cereal or a rice cereal, and they're finding that it really isn't necessary. Um, you can go right to fruits and vegetables. Avocados are great first um, foods as well as bananas because they're pretty easy to to mash up and make soft for the baby. All right and how can a mom protect her milk supply when introducing solids? Um, so long as mom follows the rule that it's always milk before food, um, she shouldn't have an issue with her supply. Um, they should always breastfeed the baby first and then offer the solids after. We want to be sure that the baby's taking a full feeding um, so that they're getting all of their calories and nutrition from the breast milk. Especially in the beginning, a lot of that food isn't going into the baby, so we can't even really think of it as food. It's, you know, it's practice. Um, if a mom does start to replace breastfeeding sessions with solid meals, then she will notice a dip in her supply. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, and to our panelists for joining us in this conversation about breastfeeding during uh, months two through six. It was a pleasure having you on our show. Um, and for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue at the end of the show, or after the end of the show, as we will discuss how to avoid common pitfalls of decreasing your milk supply when your baby is between the age of two to six months. For more information about the Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. So here's a question from one of our listeners. This is from Heather, and this is what she wrote. My baby is four weeks old, and ever since he was born, I have nursed him. But at the hospital, they suggested to me that I should give him formula because he wouldn't nurse for very long, usually about 15 minutes every four hours or longer, and that I was having a hard time waking him up. They also said that since I had a cesarean, that my milk would be delayed. Now my baby is four weeks old, and I still nurse him, but he nurses for an hour, then he will pull off, he won't go back on, then he cries and cries and acts like he is still hungry. So then I will give him about three ounces until he's satisfied. When I pump, I'm only getting about two ounces out of both breasts, which is about one ounce per breast. And I pump every two hours as well, and I'm on go-through, milk thistle, fenugreek, and a medicine my doctor gave me. I take these three times a day, and I have never felt full. What else can I do to help make my milk completely come in? Thanks, Heather. 
Hi, Heather. This is Andrea Blanco. I'm an international board-certified lactation consultant out of South Florida. First, let me say that your baby is very lucky to have such a dedicated mama like you who is persistent in her efforts to breastfeed her baby and increase her supply. A few things jump out when I listen to your concerns. The first question I have is if you've been able to get to have the breastfeeding evaluated in person by a knowledgeable international board-certified lactation consultant. Some things that I would look for is how effective baby is at transferring milk. Sometimes it isn't a supply issue at all and is more related to baby's inability to move the milk effectively from the breast, which can then in turn cause a supply issue. The second question I have is whether or not you may have other markers for low milk supply and or insufficient glandular tissue. I think in general, healthcare providers who may not understand how breastfeeding works tend to think it's always the mama who's having the difficulty, but in reality, it can be the baby or at the very least a combination of both mother and baby. I encourage you to seek out professional help from an international board-certified lactation consultant in your area who can help you assess things like milk transfer and rule out any other possible causes for low milk supply. Congratulations on your baby's birth. Thanks so much. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and Twin Talks, our show for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.